Welcome to the Lost Signals Discusses Film and TV. Using the revolutionary Manzor Mosi Thurlow scale, or MOTS, we scrupulously review these art forms with an emphasis on narrative structure. Join us for another entertaining episode. Welcome to a very special edition of the Lost Signals Discussions Film and Television. I'm your host, Joe Soria, and today we are indulging my long gestating dream of a long-form discussion of the films of 1996, a year I consider pivotal in the history of film and the year that made me and the movies that I think made many of us. So we're all around the same age group. So indulging me in this endeavor are Scott Thurlow. Uh, to be 13 again, man. Steve O'Mercy. Can't wait to talk about 96. And first-time guest, and probably one of the people I saw a good batch of these movies with, the Fresh Tomato, Daniel Kirschenbaum. All right, coming live from Yavda Academy. <laughs> Live for the Pharrell. Uh, so there's a fake applause for everyone. We got a little yeah, game yeah. show going. Uh, so we're going to have some fun today and not be uh, so stringent. The goal here, we're going to do a, a little draft, basically, of the movies. So no repeats. We're not going to do our top fives and just have the same top fives. But we're going to get uh, go through probably about uh, five movies each, five rounds, and then maybe play a little uh, fuck, Mary kill, French, Mary kill, whatever version of that game you call it for some of these uh, films, some of these actors, maybe some of the directors. And we'll see how that goes. So, uh, right on. you know, sounds fun. Um, I know that there was a Lost Signals episode on nostalgia. I don't know if anyone wanted to pinch on that, but I know that's pretty much in the wheelhouse of why we're doing this. So I figured if someone wanted to speak yeah. on that a little and, and refer to it, Scott. No, you're right. Yeah, we did it like a, as a philosophy or something about a year or so ago. And just like. And viewed through like three articles that were specific, like here's why pop culture, like here why and how it like you know manipulates your nostalgia and why it works, and it's basically like mm-hmm. you know it seems obvious, but like it's like a psychological thing. So of course we were all like you mentioned, Joe, roughly the same generation, thirteen, fourteen or so, like adolescents and the teenagers in '96. So those are your formative years. You're forming your impressions and your likes and selects, et cetera, right? So like anything that hits you around that era within the next like four years is going to affect you and like you'll feel it and like ingrain it more deeply than you will as you get older. So by the time you're like 25, you know, you know what I like? I know what I like. So I've seen a lot of horror films. So now I like horror, like whatever. So just sort of like that effect. It's just that, again, it seems obvious, but you don't think about it really. It's just like sort of some conscience sometimes. And that's probably why like many of these films we're about to talk about have such an impact on us. And anything you see around that age is going to have that same effect. So that's about it. Yeah, they get stuck there. Uh, you have any anything to add, Steve, on your? Uh... Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't. I I have such a vague recollection of that. I, I think I looked it up, and we did it like the month before the pandemic happened. I thought it was last, summer. and it's been like a lifetime since then. So, um, but I do remember, you know, talking about nostalgia for that summer. Yeah, exactly. I wish I was back then. But like, you know, I remember talking about it and and bringing up some of the movies from this era and yeah. and stuff from this era. So yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to going through these films again and hearing what you guys think about your memories and all this stuff. And a yeah. few, we, sorry, a few we did review like just as separate episodes, like previously. So, yeah. and we mentioned, I believe, at least often than not, if, if whoever's pick was like, "Yeah, I saw this movie when, oh, when I was 15 or whatever, and it was fucking yeah. awesome." No, and it gets stuck there forever. I think we did a Robin Hood many tights. I know that a lot of people liked, and that was pretty much just like 12 year old me, like you know, go at it. So like, <laughs> exactly the same thing. I was just thinking today, and you know, I, I wasn't wanted to play a game like what theater I need. Yeah, I, I'm gonna remember, and I, I, I'm, you know what? 
let's just get into the draft and start it off. Uh, so, you know, intro hop, exciting. Uh, welcome to the uh, 1996 draft. So uh, the order of the draft that we put out uh, is I'm going to go first because I made it up and I want my number one choice. Oh, yeah. do it like a fantasy sport draft. So I'm not going to get to pick for about seven more. So the punishment for getting that top pick is not getting to go for a while. So we're going to go Joe, Dan, Scott, and then Steve for two at the end. And then back to me, uh, back the other way. So, and so on. And so on. So, uh, and we'll, you know, one of us will name it, give about, you know, 30, 45 seconds rundown of the movie itself, what we loved about it, maybe some experience, whatever, and then let other people chime in. So, uh, you know, this doesn't last four and a half hours, which it easily could. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> so, easy pick for me. Um, the reason of all of this, the reason I think I still love movies, probably my favorite director still to this point. Uh, you know, Fargo is, is my favorite movie. Um, and I watched it again last night. So this gave me another like I need a reason to watch my favorite movie. Um, but right on, don't you know? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it just, it's like butter, you know, and it's, it's so crazy how it's like less than a hundred minutes. I don't know how many great Oscar movies just kind of, even though it has, it's all kind of slow. It's still such well, so well paced for what it is. It's like the most well paced slow movie that there ever was in essence. And, um, you know, it's the pick since I saw it in 1996. I looked it up. This movie was released in April of 1996 and became an Oscar nominee. That's kind of one of those crazy, you know, this, the, the Coen brothers never, were never actually the major Oscar contenders until that. And they had these kind of that, that vibe where it just lasted through even big Lebowski was a spring, early summer movie. I think, um, you know, uh, some of the later movies. So, I just remember opening the Bergen record, my uncle saying, look at the newspaper, pick out a movie. And I saw the little poster with the times and it said root for Cineplex Odeon, uh, you know, and my, he didn't care what I wanted to see. I saw that body and I was like, that looks cool. I don't even know what Fargo <laughs> is. I never heard of that place, you know? So, uh, you know, that's like my nostalgia zone and film nostalgia begins right there. So, um, you know, just a little on the movie, if you, Obviously, it starts with the, this is a true story, the famous this is a true story. You have these thunderous, thunderous Burwell score comes over while like a, you know, a garbage car is driving through the snow blindness. And, you know, it's just a movie uh, that's unlike a lot of any other movie. It's more it's such a 90s movie, though, too, because it's so many people that aren't there's no pretty people it's not a pretty people movie it's actually there's no there's movie stars but they're not movie stars they're like working actor stars in essence and when you look at it there's no just like charlie Theron like ug ugling up or something there's you know francis mcdormand is not an unattractive lady but you know she's pregnant and in so and, and, and midwest pretty you know let's go with in, the, in this so um it's got this just normal vibe the funny looking people you know and and then it has Buscemi. Uh, I always said Buscemi my whole life. Dan knows that, like, I started this Steve Buscemi. And Buscemi Peter Stomari, dude. Don't forget uh, him, either. What's that? Yo, Who's Peter Stormare, Stomari, whatever it is. I mean, oh, it's just like, oh, it's 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 nonstop. So, I mean, yeah. we'll Casey, we can list forever. So, I don't want to go too much, but this is the source of half of my usernames in my life, probably my screen <laughs> names, all of my everything. So, Fargo, number one pick. Yeah. Uh, let me give Dan a little taste. Go at it, Dan. Well, yeah, no, I was going to say um, I, w I went to middle school and high school and I mean, junior high with Joe and I, s I was getting into movies around that time, too. And I was really kind of taken by Steve Buscemi in general in Fargo and a few other things. And I just assumed I was the biggest Steve Buscemi fan in my grade. And then <laughs> Joe gave me his AIM screen name, which was Buscemi fan 83. 
<laughs> I think it was movie, et cetera, f- five and three. But I had, had a Buscemi, Buscemi. I had a Buscemi fan. It was my Yahoo email address. That's what it was. At some point. So yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> That's what it was. Anyway, so I yeah, um, but you know, you, you've done a lot with your status as the top Buscemi fan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, so, anyone else have any thoughts on Fargo? I mean, uh, obviously, it's like I said, I could go, I could talk about this movie the whole time if we wanted to, but uh, I, and I know you guys did review it, right? Because it's on the AFI list, so we haven't uh, yet. Actually, we, we never got to. Yeah, we didn't oh, get to it. Well, yeah. I think we've been saving it because it's such a like, beloved film. So I don't know. Well, yeah. uh, I'll be there. But uh, <laughs> what happens? Uh, so, if no one else has anything major to say on there, uh, Dan, you're going to get your pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, since my number one is actually the same as yours, Joe, uh, Fargo, uh, moving on to my number two, which is, uh, we got to do it. It's 1996. Got to say scream. Scream. Wow. Scream. Wow. There you go. I mean, that one, that was probably the first time I saw a just currently released horror movie in a theater. And, and, you know, for all the, um, the genre commentary it does and all that kind of like, I mean, and uh, compared to something like Cabin in the Woods, I think the difference between this and something like Cabin in the Woods, where it's like a horror movie that wants to comment a lot on the genre. But this movie is, but Scream is scary. Mm-hmm. And Cabin in the Woods just kind of, it, there's no time for that. There's too much comment. Yeah, I mean, you know, stuff, it, it's yeah. fun. It's fun, but it's, but Scream is fun and scary. Like the whole time. I mean, that Drew Barrymore sequence, that, that truly, really, really works to this day. I've seen it recently. It's one of those movies where like everything is kind of humming along so well that there are people in the cast who generally you may not like, may find people kind of obnoxious and they're doing great. Jamie <laughs> Kennedy is great in this movie. David Arquette David is Arquette. great <laughs> in screen. Everyone is. And yeah. I mean, actually Nev Campbell, she's, I feel like if I give the movie one demerit, it's just, it's not her, it's not her fault, but like, she's like a, the traumatized main character and every other character is having such a good time. It seems like, and, and every time it comes to her, it, like the energy kind of sags a bit, but room sucker, yeah, kills. No, it's not her fault. I mean, the character is just <laughs> the character is traumatized and sad the whole movie. Yeah, that's. I mean, I was not expecting that, but I I know Dan loves his horror. Anyone else? Uh, I do. Any thoughts thoughts on Scream? Yeah, I mean, I that's a really good pick. It, it's not. It's I have it much lower, but I guess I'll say this: like, yeah, for what it did for like just the way it changed, or, like set, set a new landmark, like a new sort of turning point in horror, and also sort of like not just comedy like both of those right like you said dan it balanced it like it's legit scary it's got some legit good like horror parts but then it's also doing like you know a, a commentary upon it yeah. So, yeah it's gory too real gory like yeah. i mean upsettingly and, gory sometimes yeah, unexpectedly yeah. so like i haven't seen it in a while either i haven't thought about it but like for sure i would agree for the fact that it is like a landmark in that sense and a lot of other things like it took took their cues from it since that era so yeah uh, it's a I Halloween. Mean, it's a Halloween level revival of uh, of of the of the of the the horror genre. Basically, I mean, there, it was a dead genre for a while there, probably in the early '90s, late '80s. I would say not dead, yeah, but at least in the mainstream. And yeah. it basically got the became the like dimension was almost created out of that, you know, in essence, and that became like the horror uh, banner that all these sequel engines and all these movies, you know, Final Destination, I know what you did yeah. in summer, yeah, you know, sure. into scary movie, right? Into all the, <laughs> the parodies that came from it. So, and the, and the twist ending, which I think is a good, like a twist, but like the ending scenario, it's like solid enough. Spoils, yeah. It's a good ending. It was surprising. Yeah. Good and surprising. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like, probably if I could think of like two or three, like, I don't know, like screenwriters whose dialogue style has like utterly infected the pop cultural landscape 
Like there's like Joss Whedon, Aaron Sorkin, and then right then Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson was writing Scream, and I know what you did last summer, and Dawson's Creek, and like after that, every movie you saw sounded like those movies. Mm-hmm. True, yeah. Okay. Good point. Yeah. That's a good point. And so Dan's got uh, Scream in the book. So uh, I believe Scott is on, on the board. All right. So this one might be obvious. Fargo is not my number one pick, but I knew it was going to be yours. This one might be obvious to you guys. I'm going with 12 Monkeys. I was 50 50 on it because yeah. 12 Monkeys officially released late 95, but was the Oscar a season. So I didn't go back. It's and on forth, the list, but, that you but I'll let you go with it. Yes, I'll let you go <laughs> with it. So I, I, I figured I'd let it for somebody else. 12 Monkeys right below. So go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll let it live. Yeah. So this one we did review, in fact, like on the onset of the pandemic, because I was like, it's both that and a time travel film. And it's both awesome. At, it's awesome at both of them. And it's one of those ones like this one for me is like the one when I was a kid and saw it like and I it just drilled itself and I could not escape it. And so ever since anything that had any like semblance to it, I was probably automatically either at least for sure going to be interested in, if not like because of its similarity to it. And I still think it holds up. We gave it a pretty high score, like a nine or something, eight, seven or whatever it was. It was high. People who hadn't seen it were like, yeah, it's really good. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's one of my favorite films ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking sick. And I've seen it like 20 times. So, yeah, I was going (laughs) to pretty much almost always going to be my pick if I was if I got to it early. So Tall Monkey still stands. And it is the one of the most uh, nostalgic films from the era that still I love to this day. I was going to say, I didn't I didn't even. See, I guess because it's not like technically 96. It or whatever, was on the wiki Oscar list. I was on the wiki list that I sent. So I figured I it would happen. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> but otherwise, it would definitely have been on my list if I had seen it. Same with me. Same yeah. thing happened with me. Yeah, 12 Monkeys mm-hmm. is right below it for me, too. I, I mean, you know, that's a if people hadn't seen that and didn't know that there's this Brad Pitt was nominated for an Oscar for a movie in 1996, basically, that he was an insane guy with crazy eyes and <laughs> looked homeless like he did in California, that but a different amazing. version of homeless. And you're just like, man, it's just 12 Monkeys is 12 Monkeys is also. I mean, that's why this is it. And I, I thought 12 Monkeys was on that list, too. I didn't have it on mine just because the year, but yeah, no, no issues. Here. I went by uh, your guidelines, mofo. So anyway, yeah, I, and I, was gonna give, I gave another list. There's so many lists. And I know I had told there's issues with the internationals and the release dates. So if some things come up similarly, we're going to let it flow, especially that's why we're going a little deeper anyway. So, uh, so Scott's got 12 monkeys. Anyone else have any thoughts on 12 monkeys before we move on? I just want to hear that organ theme. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows it. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, Steve, uh, you're on for two. So uh, go All at right. it. I'm going to. So I'm going to do a uh, I, I think that this one might be a surprise to people, but I'm going to put uh, Romeo and Juliet, Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet up on my watch it Wednesday here. to me. Was watched I, it here Wednesday. And I, I fucking cool. love that movie, like more than I have any right to love that type of movie. But like. The fact that, like, finding out years after having seen it that it's, like, literally the closest, Shakespeare, like, the closest to a Shakespearean script that any movie has ever done, <laughs> it, like, made me love it so much more because of how bonkers the actual action in it is and how insane he tries to go with all the, you know, like, all the um, scenery and the, and, and the blocking of the shots that he has in that are insane. And I just remember seeing it and like, oh, this is like directors are allowed to do shit like this. Like, you know, <laughs> um, so I'm going to put that as my first one there. I, I really, you know, DiCaprio, I think is pretty I, like he's good in it. Like all the actors are good in it, uh, but it's really like 
the thing that I remember about it is the brightness and of the colors and like the craziness of the action that's going on while they're quoting lines of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, there's at least, I feel like everybody that's seen that movie when they were, you know, 14 or whatever, still has at least one of those scenes like emblazoned into their memory of uh, Shakespeare and or, uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, you know, but yeah. So I'm going to put that as my number one. Yeah, now that's a good one. Uh, Scott, mm-hmm. I think you had a little uh, hands up. So go ahead, do it out. Yeah, no. So like, I mean, you say it's surprising, but I know you very well. And if we're being honest, you picked it. It's uh, at number six for me. So okay. It's quite yeah. higher again. Like you're right. Like in general, you might not expect that, but I agree with you. That, like it also is one of those ones that like I never forgot. And it, you know what I mean? Like I like my Shakespeare shit in general. I'm like, oh, it's like they're actually doing like the real like saying it in old English more or less. Like not old English, but <laughs> mm-hmm. the original lines anyways, not an adaptation. So yeah, Steve, like good pick. And I had it pretty high, like higher than again than you might expect on in general on this list. But I just still think agree. It's a great movie and it affected me as well. Uh, my lady asked me to watch it on Wednesday because when I told her 1996, she pulled the Blu-ray out. I probably hadn't <laughs> seen it in about 15 years. And I have to say I was visually impressed that some of the some of the actings or some of the I don't know, some of it's over the top. It's got that 90s vibe of like right. every scene scene sure, sounds like there's a car scratch, screeching behind it. Like, <laughs> and, it and you have like these opening like overperformance dash me hook versus uh what's his, uh versus John Leguizamo in the John gas Leguizamo, station. Yeah. And Harold, you're just like what's that? Harold Perrineau. Harold Perrineau is on fire. Like this is a hot yeah. take movie. Like Harold Perrineau. If this movie was Harold Perrineau versus John Leguizamo, it's a 15 star movie. I think and because <laughs> it's Romeo and Juliet. Like that yeah. movie, I would pay a lot more money to watch. Um, you know, crazy cross dressing, uh, dance party versus <laughs> cat person. Uh, you know, he really is the fucking prince of the cats. It was insane. And then starts with, I mean, it starts with the Radiohead song. The yeah, only things are crazy. Finishes the Radiohead I think they, song. Didn't they write so, that for the film, Joe? Didn't they write exit music? I because believe. Well, the, well yes. Yeah, so talk show host was given to the film and is not on any other release. Uh, yeah. Exit music is on another release. So this is the lone release of talk show host. And Fair it's enough. actually the beginning where they, they have the little, you know, the, the uh, TV pops up and you have that like style. And there's even the choir, the little, the black kids choir doing like, you can't always get, uh, no, you can't always get what you want, but they do that. Everybody's free basically, which yeah. turned into everybody's free wear sunscreen, which is a hit song by Boz Lerman three years ago, three years afterwards. You know, it's <laughs> just a weird, weird time. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dan, any, any notes on Romeo and Juliet? What was his last movie? Was it Australia? Uh, I believe it was, but he's making the Elvis know. movie. The one that actually, uh, what's his name? Got COVID uh, in Australia. Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Course. Yeah. Yeah. He was about to film as Colonel Parker uh, is there oh, no kidding. Australia. So uh, that's a uh, next movie. He also did the get down. Which was he did the get down on, on Netflix. The first oh, okay. part of it was oh yeah, there's a show. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And I think he's done some of the Broadway play stuff, like when they did Moulin Rouge on Broadway and some, mm. like, you know, some other things. But I don't think he's done a ton uh, film-wise, you know, since he's yeah. either selective or probably wants to do something big. And those are things that are hard to get made. So, mm. but uh, definitely a, a good choice. So, uh, Steve, go for number two. All right, my second one. I, I actually was like, what? I, I'm, I'm kind of torn between two or three movies, but. <laughs> Uh, I have a feeling that I'll be able to say almost all of these, uh, or at least, well, I'll either say them or somebody will. So it's all good to me. I'm going to go with uh, From Dust Till Dawn, though. I remember, I remember seeing this film at my buddy Morgan's house. Uh, you know, I just did an episode with him actually recently, but when we were in high school, I went over to his house. He had the VHS tape and, uh, you know, watching this movie, 
and being like horrified and like amazed at the same time just the the freaking <laughs> cod piece gun the you know everything like the whole beginning being this like weird you know completely different movie than the than the vampire film that i was expecting to see and like all this you know all this craziness that that went into it and like yeah. like we were saying before this is a movie this is one of the movies that on this list that i have the most nostalgia for because of just seeing it then and then we probably saw it a couple more times in high school with like other friends and stuff like that and like it just had a lot of good memories of like doing like you know in high school like dude nights and like hanging out watching like horror you know or or like crazy action movies or you know <clears throat> bloody gore fest or whatever oh, yeah. um so yeah and and you know rodriguez uh, i think he was kind of this is about as this is about the best that rodriguez does in my opinion i think he which is good like very good but uh <laughs> i have i know he's done been doing like kids movies and other random shit lately but um He's going to be doing Mandalorian now, the off t- offshoot now. That's why he re- ended did the last episode. So that's right, that's uh, right. But I love. Oh, I hope it's good. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I just watched Desperado actually oh, too, Joe. Ah, great! I hadn't seen it in a while. That's actually the, you know, like the kind of like balletic John Woo action. There's a lot of that in that movie. It's really yeah. good. At least even, that stuff is. Even yeah. in the Johnny Depp sequel version, I forgot what Mexico one, it has the same vibe. Like it didn't do it as well. It doesn't mm. have Steve Buscemi. It doesn't have Quentin Tarantino, which this movie, like this movie <laughs> and all those movies are kind of in the same world. And yeah. it, has a, yeah. it has a one-time Clooney performance that doesn't exist in any other variant. There's no other, George Clooney is like a drunken, druggish, I don't know if it's drug, whatever, but like a tattooed up, killer badass pair yeah. brother Ex-con movie like bank robber or whatever yeah, yeah but he's yeah, not yeah he's been a combrank but a suave one here he's suave but he's out of jail suave you know like no, badass he's, bad. yeah, yeah he's down he's and a, dirty in this movie like, yeah he has a neck tattoo and it's like yeah, okay I, I can buy him as a killer but not, i can't buy george clooney with a neck <laughs> tattoo i'm sorry this is no yeah this is no oceans 11 clooney you know <laughs> right you picked a good pair, Steve. Mm-hmm. I have to say, this seems like the other side of Romeo, like the gun side of, like, it's got the same weapons. Like, if they're holding weapons, you could have George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino fighting, like, Mercutio and John Leguizamo, <laughs> and that movie would be fine. It would be a 1997 sequel to those movies that they could do pretty easily. That's um, how you get I, it made. I haven't do actually it. seen, I hadn't actually seen this movie until about three or four years ago. For some yeah. reason, it just... I mean, I knew it was there forever, and I just, <laughs> I was never into vampire stuff, and you always saw that, and like, this doesn't seem like I would like it, but I, I loved it. And, you know, it's got a great script, too. And it's got good direction. It's got a great vibe. And it's a great B.A. movie. So uh, good mm. choice, Steve-O. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great pick. It's, it was pretty much uh, within range between that and Romeo. But I will say, did you guys ever or know about there's a They made it. So Rodriguez had like a short-lived, like, he like show ran like his own little channel. It was called El Rey, which is the thing from Planet Terror. But it, they made like three seasons of a, a version of Dust Till Dawn. And it was quite good. At least I thought it was solid as hell, like way better than you might expect it. And they had like it was about the brothers, like George Clooney's character obviously wasn't in playing it. But I thought it was pretty good because I think Rodriguez had like a hand in it, at least if not was writing it or anything like that. But it was on his little short lived channel and it was quite good. And I was like, sweet, because I do have fond memories and nostalgia from Dust Till Dawn. And again, I've seen it like <laughs> probably a dozen times as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't pick. see that. 
I didn't see it. I, I know I know it existed. I remember reading about it, but like if we're gonna name it, uh, I bet you a lot of these movies are either gonna have a variant of a sequel later on, or uh Fargo has four seasons of television based on it basically <laughs> later. So at least they're know. called Fargo, it just, yeah, say, but, but they're not, you know, like they're not they're just like another more things that don't take place in Fargo. You know, so <laughs> yeah. for, any, for anyone for anyone who's interested, uh I just looked it up so you can get you can watch that on Netflix now, that series. So all right, yeah. Oh, the Dustin Bond. So on, on Netflix, check it out. Uh, so Scott, you're up, I believe. So do it All up. Right. So right. So this is probably the one you mentioned earlier because Dustin Tom was close, like I said, but now I'm going to go with train, chain spotting, of train course. Spotting, yes. mm. like, I don't know if that's... Mm, did one. you remember that movie, Steve? Or like remember that that's what the reference was? Yes. Mm. Like, what? what I was talking British, about in the beginning. An influential the British druggy movie, I think he said. Like, something. Oh, it wasn't yes. on the yeah, mega yeah, list. I, I didn't know which one you were talking about because I didn't see it on the list and I... But I was like, what is it? Like one of you know Guy Ritchie's first movies or something. But yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So like, I mean, again, I, I, I don't think I saw it in 96. Probably saw it just a couple years after that. Maybe like early college, whatever. Like doesn't matter. Like just a little bit after. And yeah, like it was one of those like, I guess in retrospect, it was one of those like sort of like hipster movies like for the times. But like, I still do think it holds up pretty well. And it like has like it's sort of like a time capsule of it. And the acting is really good in it. Like you said, like the script, or at least similar to what you said, I think the script in this is quite tight. Like it's really well written, really comes together, and it all works. So I had it pretty high, and I'm going with that one for my pick in this round. Yeah, I figured it wouldn't get to me, so I didn't even. <laughs> this is like the same premise. I, I did a tier system. I didn't do a straight 20 because I wanted enough. to be able to change it up a little bit. But I mean, it's got so many amazing scenes. It's got mm-hmm. the opening. I mean, I could still, like, when I wanted to be a screenwriter, I remember reading Train Spotting over and over again. You just read that for opening monologue. You yep. read that cut through and you choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose, choose, choose. Yeah. And it's just like that. Uh, right there i mean uh, and it's it's a cool it was one of those it's a cool movie but it was still a huge movie too so that was a kind of of the era where that could happen in movies broke through but they broke through on their own and i think that's That's what some of these movies you know didn't cool trade spotting was not tagged to be some huge you know it wasn't such huge book and huge it was you know a popular book i think but it wasn't some like mega adaptation with mega stars even the harry potter yeah, you know, Ian McGregor was like in Shallow Grave and I guess in like <laughs> some other movies later in the year, like, you know, maybe Pillowbrook or Brass Off or I'm sure no one's going to listen. I won't spoiler alert shitty movies, but, you know, Ian McGregor, I have my own experience with. He's in Fargo season, whatever, 15. Um, three. Three, I think. The one with David Thewlis, David, I think. Well, David Thewlis, who's yeah. on one of my F married kills. So, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I love you know of Train Spotting too. When I used to list out and still for for my youth, uh, you know I always say Fargo, Usual Suspects, Twelve Monkeys, uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Train Spotting, like pretty much mm-hmm. a variant of those five, and that are in the top ten at all times. So you know, can't I used change. to have a T-shirt of you and McGregor climbing out of the toilet. But beyond that, <laughs> but, be- <laughs> but beyond that, Robert Carlyle, like in that movie, yep. I-, I saw Full Monty before I saw Train Spotting, huh. and. Seeing those in the reverse order, it's insane that they saw Train Spotting and were like, "Let's make this guy our nice, charming lead character in Full Monty." Because that is—I had no idea he had that in them based on Full Monty. Fucking Begbie, man! Begbie is an all-time character. Uh, yeah. Sequel not so great, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, but, uh, agreed. Yeah, like they checked check on that, but uh, we don't have to mention that. But I'm going with the original one, and uh, mm. I think it's solid. All oh, right. and the soundtrack, best soundtrack well, yeah. of the '90s, maybe. Uh, it's very possible. I mean, soundtracks are pivotal in many of these movies. We did the 12 monkeys humming already screen. <laughs> I'm sure has, I can't, I'm sure there's something in it. I'm not, you know, but Fargo I mean, for me, episode, we agreed, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that I is mean, part the, of it though, for sure. Like the, the scores of these films are very, 
like intertwined with how they affect you know yeah. nostalgia. I mean, Steve, I said Romeo and Juliet too. We said Radiohead, but you have uh, Cardigans. I mean, is like that song lives lives forever. Uh, you know, so many other things and so many pivotal scenes. So uh, I'm sure it'll keep yeah. coming up. But uh, let me let uh, I think it's Scott's turn. Oh, Scott just went. No, Dan, you're up. Pick. Sorry, you're up, Dan. Wait, I'm up. You're up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, I, I'm I'm going with a movie I've I've, I've loved for a long time, uh, Big Night. Ooh, there you go. I love the song. Big Night is it's a really one, it's a really great movie. It's a wonderful movie. I mean, first of all, I don't think there's enough good art about like food, but this is like what this is maybe this is the best food movie. Anytime you ever see anyone on Twitter prompt people with like, "What's the best food movie?" <laughs> this movie always comes up. Right. Mm. I mean, be, but beyond that, it's 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 um. Directed, co-directed by Campbell Scott and Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci co-wrote it with someone named uh, Joe Tro- Tropiano. And it's about two Italian brothers from Abruzzo in Italy. And they live in New Jersey in the 1950s, and they're trying to make a restaurant work. Uh, the brother, like, Tony Shalhoub is like a genius cook, but the people in their neighborhood only seem to want to go to the Italian, the Americanized Italian restaurant. But anyway, it's it's a funny movie. It's really, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Like, it's a very tender. It's got... Maybe the best end, one of the best endings of the of like any movie. It's like this long shot. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. I think it's really worth seeing, and it's just so simple, and it's got such great characters and the way they interact with each other. I I I, I can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it. And if, if you want to just see a movie, especially after this year of COVID, if you want to watch a movie that makes you really really wish you were at a restaurant, <laughs> it's 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 got like an all time great uh, meal scene. So right. I recommend right record. So that's my enthusiastic uh, advertisement for Big Night. Big Night. Nice. All right. I haven't seen that one either, but uh, it's another movie for the list for sure. I saw it a a long time ago, but I I remember it being like the kind of breakthrough for Stanley Tucci. That's what I remember. Because after that, he became like a bigger star, I think. And Tony Chalhoub, I think, wasn't in, uh, but he was in other stuff. Um, What is he in? Wings or something? I feel like Wings then Monk. But Mm -hmm. Monk wasn't started yet, I don't think yet maybe it was in there but stanley tucci after that became like the kind of uh du jour kind of character actor half italian and has such a, a great varied oh. career that when you see him in like spotlight or uh, hunger games yeah, hunger games varied yeah. craziness and um uh, good 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 pick i think for sure Dan. um yeah thanks yeah I- <laughs> I was I was worried I wasn't worried that of the other ones I wasn't worried that I was going to get scooped. Yeah, it's just uh, you know. I don't think so either. I don't. I was like you know I'm I'm trying right here because I got two coming. I have two here and I'm like I I want to I want to call out four movies so I don't want to name all of them. I'm, I'm <laughs> and, and, the, and the truth yeah. of the matter is like there's like a little self consciousness in this choice because I didn't want to just be up here on the film podcast with you guys going hey you guys should you ever see Broken Arrow yeah because. Yeah. Well, <laughs> There's a decent chance I could pick something like that. Well, you can, and uh, you should. Uh, I would love to hear that one. Uh, let's see. <laughs> you know what? In that vein, I'm going to take it. I'm going Mission Impossible. I'm going Blockbuster. I I mean, this is the one. This is it. Brian De Palma directed a $500 million top 10 grossing film of the year. That's basically like a sexual tension psychodrama with a chord <laughs> scene in the midst of sweat f- festivals. And it's, it's the making of a series that, you know, teetered out, petered out very like pretty quick, like quickly, but just petered out and they got revived. So this is the beginning of uh, 
this year was another Tom Cruise movie in here. I won't maybe someone else call it out, but <laughs> you know, this Same. is uh, the beginning of like not the beginning, but another apex for Tom Cruise to become a superstar when it came to like box office, even more into the nineties. You had the eighties, mm-hmm. you have your top gun, you've got your risky business. You've got all kinds of other things. Cocktail, uh, rain, cocktail, rain, <laughs> in, whatever. Oh, the Fourth of July. We'll keep going, right? But this movie, though, this is different. Mission Impossible is different than the rest of those. And he carried the series. That movie is so good. It's such a good, like, uh, you know, it's just a good story. There's so many good other character actors in it. There's so like uh, Emilio Estevez, you know, Kristen, the beginning, like part of the Ving Rhames. You have the the two parts of this this year are uh, and this era are. Is it a Ving Rhames movie or is it a Samuel Jackson movie? That was always (laughs) a game that I play. Like, which big Uh, you got there? uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, you got to throw in Delroy Lindo. Yeah, Delroy too. Lindo. Too. Delroy yeah, Lindo was like in every. Well, I watched three movies this week to catch for this, and I had forgotten that Samuel Jackson was in two of them, and of course he was in them. So uh, you know, and and, it, and it's the beginning. I mean, he co- took everything that moved. What, Dan? You got, you got another comment? No, on? no, no. I was just. No, I was. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, uh, anyone else have any? I mean, Mission Impossible. I think just that that scene alone. You know, the hanging scene would be it. The opening scene has got the great intrigue. And it just had the score. I mean, another score. This was like, you know, the, the U2 guys doing the theme song for Mission Impossible. <laughs> I listened to, I had this on CD single for sure. A million percent chance. So uh, it was Very in my nice. boot box. It's, um, it's, yeah, this was kind of in that like James Bond vein type of thing that I was like, that I always have loved since I was a kid. So when this came out, I was all over it for sure. And uh, yeah, great pick. Good pick. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, one more. I don't know if we're going to do this category, but uh, originally we had uh, what the best thing you saw that year, like in theaters. And I remember seeing this in theaters. And I was like, you know, again, 13 years like, oh, it's fucking so awesome. And But it does look <laughs> as a good action movie. I agree. And it did start a good kickstart, sort of a new era as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's, it's a Memorial Day special, I think, too. It was one of the first times the Memorial Day became the big holiday of movies and not, I think, one of the other holidays that comes up, too, in this year. Yeah. I mean, all those sequences, I remember seeing the trailer for those. Like, there's no, you, the trailer for those sequences, like, there's no way the movie lives up to how exciting those look. And then you go see it, and it's got the break in it, Langley. It's got the helicopter in the tunnel chasing the train, and then the helicopter blade just petering out an inch before his neck. Yeah. There's things in, in that movie that'll be, or just images I'll, that'll always be with me. Yeah, man. They're right. great. I mean, those mask ripoffs too. We forget like that's no one else did the film reason mission impossible. The only one that gets to do like, I can be someone else's face and just rip off a mask. And I forget about <laughs> yeah. it. Every time you're like, <laughs> wait, uh, that's Doc man did it though. Until yeah, face well. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Face off. But face off would actually just stole each other's faces. This yeah. one, it's like, oh, uh, I mean, I guess uh, Avengers did it eventually, right? Or one of the, I think it's in Captain America, one of them too. Yeah. Um, my other one, I'm going to, I have two comedies here. I want to go hard. And uh, this is hard. I'm going to go. I think you might have two similar comedies. To yeah, me, I think, I know I'm not going to get the other one. I'm sure some, I'm going to go Kingpin. Um, <laughs> I love nice, Kingpin. Nice. Um, I you would was a wheelhouse Peter Farrelly brothers guy. I know they get the poop now after Green Book or whatever else, but the 90s <laughs> comedy is Farrelly. Okay. It, it, this and there's something about Mary are the two. I, I, I don't, that's the, like, that's Harold, like Harold Ramis level. That's Zucker level. That's like a pairing of like the best movies you can make. And Kingpin is like a movie about bowling and Amish Amish bowling road trip, one handed like craziness. And it's the wheel. It's, it's one side of you get a multi-sided coin of Woody Harrelson this year as well. And this is the one side of it True. that like 
I love, um, you know, like Roy is just such a character. Um, and I mean, Bill Murray as the villain, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this movie, and then you just have the sexy, you know, whatever. I forget her name. Vanessa yeah. Angel or Vanessa something like that. From Weird Angel. Science. Vanessa I think it's Angel. Angel. Yeah. But, you know, she's so good in it, too. You get Randy Quay and his goofball uh, uh, moves. You get, I'm sure, other, you know, but just laughs, 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 laughs. And then that ending, the fight, and just the it, it's still sad, but it's also hilarious, and it's it's a it's a really good version of a comedy that uh, is is over the top at some points, but still has heart. And uh, so, Kingpin. It's a good quirky uh, comedy. Solid choice. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Kingpin? Uh, uh, no, I mean I, I remember just loving that movie when it came out, or when I first saw. It. I probably didn't see it in the theaters, but uh, whenever I got to see it, I I remember it being like hilarious, and I think I watched it with my dad the first time. And, you know, you get the, like, infectious laughter and, like, you know, like, when your dad starts laughing or whatever, or somebody, like, close to you when you're a kid and it's just so, yeah, I just remember, like, having pains in my stomach, being, like, doubled over laughing at that at that film, so, yeah. yeah. I love me some Big Earn, and I gotta say, yeah, I definitely <laughs> saw most of these movies in theaters, I, but I was gonna do that, you know, what's the best you saw in theaters? I think we're kind of, some of us are saying the experience, so I figured that's better than just, like, listing one, but, you know, uh, uh, yeah, these two I definitely Quick saw. I remember I remember Mission Impossible at least three times. I don't think Mission Impossible is a one-timer. I mean, that movie, you know, <laughs> Kingpin, yeah. Kingpin is, a, is a comedy central. Like, I'll sit there and watch the next 30 minutes of it. No questions asked sure. during the, you know, early 2000s or during the university days. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, yeah. I mean, I'd say the same thing about Airheads, and it's better than Airheads. Yeah, mm. but that has Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Buscemi. Yeah, that has Buscemi. Never mind. No, and Adam Sandler. Adam Close. Sandler doing not an Adam that Sandler is, movie. So yeah. you know, and Brendan Fraser in the lead. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's quite quite a film. Uh, is, yeah. is, is, is Airheads this year? Did I miss that's ninety five? No, ninety four. Four. Yeah, yeah. I want to say too. Yeah, I think that yeah. sounds right. Then still one of those. Another one of those ludicrous. It's a little early. Only the nineties could put, like. Here's a movie idea. Take over the radio station for two. The grunge band holds this radio station. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it. Yeah. They were both of their time, uh, for sure. But they're both sure. results. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think that the Farrelly brothers were, you know. I don't know if they make these comedies that much anymore, where they're not fully politically correct, and we're allowed to get away with it. And I enjoy these movies still. So for for that era and love, uh, Dan, you are up. Follow up Kingpin, please. Follow up Kingpin. I'm going to do another sports one, sports comedy, Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's up there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big sucker for Ron Shelton movies, it turns out. Like, White Man Can't Jump is an all-time, and a perfect comedy, untouchable. <laughs> Tin Cup, what I love about... Um, what I really love about Tin Cup is, like, Ron Shelton seems to be, like, the one guy who gets the best out of Kevin Costner, like this in Bull Durham. Kevin Costner, I always find really stiff and awkward, and, like, he's just kind of expected to be this kind of really, like, featureless, uh, emotionless kind of um, Midwestern American male in most things he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But something like Bill Bulldurham, Tin Cup, it's like, just don't shave for a week and kind of put on ratty clothes. And for whatever reason, that seems to have the effect of, like, melting away all that awkwardness and stiffness in Kevin Costner and turns him into, like, a really genuinely charming actor. Because beyond that, it's got the, uh, the, the MVP of the 90s. It's got Rene Rousseau. Yeah, true, um, and she's again like she is in everything she's just has an easy charisma and intelligence and like like it's it's all like all movies she's in are made better for her being there kevin costner is doing his best work teach maron's good in it i remember i seem to recall like it's it's just a good like low-key low stakes uh 
uh, movie about uh, about like kind of attitudes and sports and how they relate to life and that kind of thing. But it, I, yeah, I'm sure we've all seen it. It's kind of like one of those ones. You just, it's a breeze to watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, we all know Costner, terrible Robin Hood, but good in Tin Cup. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I, I saw a movie so long ago, and I don't think I've seen it since, uh, you know, probably 1997 or something. But, like, um, I don't remember a ton about it, but you're right. I Like, I do remember Costner being pretty good in it, you know? Like, I just didn't remember enjoying the the experience of watching the movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, he makes it tough sometimes, but not – but, yeah, not <laughs> – there's jury, to... there's jury Costner and then there's like charming Costner and they don't usually intersect in the same movies. It seems so like you get <laughs> one or the other, you get him like really depressed or, you know, in the middle stoic. of the water, stoic, or you get him kind of, he's still going to be stoic, but he has a smile on his face. Most of the movie. And that's when he's in his, the wheelhouse like this in Bull Durham are, you know, uh, Ron Shelton collection of, of sports, uh, if that era yeah. a little earlier, uh, you know, definitely uh, a good choice. So Tin Cup is Dan's choice. And now I believe we're out to Scott. All right. So, um, I'm going to go with another one. I thought you might do this one, Joe. It's kind of like in the same vein as mission impossible, but I feel like we got to put the rock on the list. Yes. So I'm putting it on there. <laughs> Now I had another one. It was close between a third action film, which well, you might get it coming around. So which might like feel like the one I'm not saying the one that isn't the rock might more fit into a different category, but I'm putting the rock on because I still, I believe have a VHS copy of it kicking around somewhere. I might've donated it to a local bar, but I donate some stuff, but anyways, so I had that VHS and I watched it a lot as a kid and like, yeah, it works. Of course it's fucking Connery, you know, like it's again of its time. For an action uh, film, I mean, it's Cage. It's, it's Let's just get yeah, technical yeah. here. Yeah, I say it's Connery. It's Cage. It's like this, this is the yeah. beginning of Cage. You know I mean? like, honestly, this like, it's Cage. I didn't know Nicholas yeah. Cage when I was 13, 14, but I did know Sean Connery from other shit, obviously. So like, it was more impactful that he was in this like action film that was like really fucking cool as well. Like mm-hmm. that same. In, I'm just saying, yeah, in the same vein as like who was that? Michael uh, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Is it Michael Bay. This is a Michael Bay movie. Michael I'm pretty Bay. sure I was like, mm-hmm. I know it's him, but. Whatever, though, like when you're 13, of course, that's the shit that you think is so fucking cool again, especially on a wide screen. So and yeah. I still think it does hold up as a general action film. and It is still well liked and well remembered, well reviewed and everything. So, yeah, it's for me, it's up there, maybe tied with a couple other ones with a mission with one more that one of you might say. But that's my pick for this round. And uh, that's where I'm going. The year, the year of, I, I've been thinking about this, you know, I wanted to do it in the intro, but I didn't. But I mean, we've had this year of 18 months of no film. And that's why I wanted to do this. I, so many <laughs> of these memories come from being in the theater. Sure. And The Rock, well, yeah, it it's, might have been fine in VHS on my 23 inch uh, bubble TV, <laughs> but I can tell you it was much better on uh, yeah, That's Theater why 7. I saw it in theaters um, and then made buy, probably asked my parents to buy me the VHS or whatever. Yeah, and run <laughs> And I know Dan is a, uh, Mr., is a cage enthusiast, almost a completist. So, uh, no, 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 no. That is, that is, <laughs> I would never bite that off. That's never. I'm never going to try and see all this stuff. He's only done like 200 movies. So. No, yeah, like every year he's like he's paying off like a, like a wizard he's employed or something like that by like doing like 12 like 12 straight to uh, Hulu movies. Yeah, Bangkok Dangerous Seven. So you know, Gotta get yeah, paid, no, man. yeah, but 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 when he's when he's doing his thing and when he's in a good something that knows how to use him well, yeah, he's there's no one better. I mean, we we watched Vampire's Kiss pretty recently, like, and yeah, it's just you gotta be you gotta be thankful he exists. 
And Ed Harris, it's got a great Ed Harris back. Ed Harris, yeah. Well, I mean, like, these are all people that became, like, the people in everything. Like, you, there's no Tommy Lee Jones in this movie, but there might as well have been. Basically, these roles where they were in this. If you told somebody, you're like, oh, remember when Tom Lee? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. He was one of the, whatever. And it has that, like, the soldiers getting screwed. See, like, that's been, like, the premise of the next, like, 30 years of action movies. And all the Michael Bayness is in there. I mean, yeah, it's in Bad Boys, but, like, they're shooting missiles off Alcatraz. I mean, let's just play this movie. Can't <laughs> get more badass than that. I'm no, yeah, you can't. And then you yeah. Sean Connery's eighty and he's saving the day. So or whatever he was. It's <laughs> like he did an Indiana Jones. That's why it was so fucking awesome. Like it's insane. Yeah, just like this crazy overwrought soundtrack, and then the camera zooms in on William Forsyth, and he's like, "May God have mercy on our souls." <laughs> it's just that kind of movie. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just you should have pulled out Welcome to Con Air next. Just in case. Just, like just well, Con Air was sample. also yeah. ninety four, I think, as well. No, Con Air is ninety seven or ninety eight. I was yeah. a little later. I, I think it was ninety seven. Yeah, it was plus or minus. It's, two, it's right on the top. I mean, you've got this. You said Face Off. Like this is the beginning of where you get cage, that big, yeah. big Cage. As well. Not just Cage. This is like Travolta is like kind of peaking as like action guy at this time. Too. I, I'm hoping. I'm wondering who's going to be first on that one. So <laughs> he's in there. He's in there. Uh, let's see if anyone picks. Uh, Travolta. I really hope so, someone does. I hope yeah. so too. Uh, right. Steve, you're up picking a Travolta movie, correct? It sounds like I'm trying to push <laughs> off uh, this this movie to somebody else. <laughs> it is on my list, but it's much further down than I think we're going to get to. But I so I had a couple of ideas, and I guess I'm doing two in a row now, right? So yeah, I'm going to go with the first one. I'm going to go with uh, Cable Guy. Cable this was just guy. like uh, for that from you. <laughs> Is, what's that? You wouldn't expect that from me? He's waiting for that. He waiting said. it. Oh, waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. Because it wasn't like number three. This Whatever. was like a absolutely bizarre comedy that I have no idea how it got made. But, uh, you know, just, just like the darkness of how like intense Jim Carrey gets in this movie and like playing against clueless, clueless Matthew Broderick is, I, I don't know, especially when I first saw it. It's like, a strange was, film, but it works. I was loving it so much. And it was just like, like I, it made me laugh at how uncomfortable it seemed to make other people <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, that was, that was like, uh, I feel like that was a lot of my enjoyment about it was like, this is going to make people feel like not know how to feel <laughs> like doing the, uh, what was the, the, the secret, what the hell was that game called that they play? You know what I'm talking about? Password. Right? Yeah, it's like passwords or whatever, and they just do like all the sexual ones with the family and shit. Oh my god! Uh, but and the and the uh, the the Star Trek fight in the middle, classic, the middle of, of course. That. Yes, everyone remembers that. <laughs> Freaking somebody to love. Yeah. Oh, somebody. To... It's it's just like there's so many like memories about this movie that are like flooding mm-hmm. back to me now. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna put. I'm going to put Cable Guy as my third pick. That's funny because, uh, I mean, we're not even mentioning it, but it's a Ben Stiller directed movie. Like a youthful Ben Stiller, like doing other things. But this is where he also kind of didn't get to make m- as many movies okay. because this movie didn't probably do as well as they thought. This is a yeah. one of those $20 million, like, let's get Jim Carrey and then we're going to make this weird movie, not make uh, America. <laughs> well, Ace Ventura is weird. All these movies that he did are weird, but that it was yeah. just like, off. It wasn't just like weird. It was off too. I think it's that also off. that it was like darker than a lot of stuff that Jim Carrey had done before. So it wasn't like expected. No, yeah. that's right. I mean, but, I mean, Ben Stiller or, uh, yeah, Ben Stiller also did like Tropic Thunder years later, so you know he got stuff like that coming out. And sure. right on, Cable okay, Guy's my number one honorable. So now that you've picked it, I'll tell you that I had it there. So mm-hmm. all right, you're on for another one, uh, Steve. I believe. All right, so my second one is going to be uh, James and the Giant Peach. 
Ooh. This movie, sure. I was like at a time where like I was kind of just getting to be a little bit too old for stuff like this. And I saw it in theaters with my family and my little brother, if I remember correctly. And um, I remember like planning how to like say that I didn't like this movie, even though I fucking loved it so much, you know, in school to be to <laughs> keep my cool with the with all the cool mm. kids. But like it's you like cool. I don't remember. No, that. that's why I had to keep. That's why I had to maintain. You know, like, <laughs> I couldn't go down any further. But uh, you know, it, it's just a movie that, like, I'll remember the like how different the animation was to a lot of stuff that I had seen before that, and and how the, I love the script to it. You know, I, it's and I haven't seen this movie in such a long time that I really want to go back to it soon and just watch it again. But um, I figured I, I didn't know if anybody was in a, in a year full of all these like great uh gross out and like intense comedy like adult comedies and action movies and stuff i was like i want to throw at least one kids movie in here that i really liked and uh yeah so james and the giant peach right on i can respect that yeah i mean that's right from nostalgia heart engine i feel like you yeah. know and it's also like, like that cusp we're like yeah you know uh, like nightmare before christmas it's not a kid's movie it's yeah. like, it's a movie you know that lives in a kid's form maybe mm-hmm. um and we do a comics podcast uh steve so like you know we're in yeah uh, kid kid just kid nostalgia our whole lot you know our whole days so uh, right. but it's good choice though any dan we're gonna say something on Gene. no i was gonna say you did Coraline too right same guy henry sell this sounds right? about right yeah i would think so yeah i'm not sure uh, but i believe it <laughs> uh, all those, you know all those roll doll books were like perfect to you know mm-hmm. for movie gold you know <laughs> for sure yeah. um all right i think scott you're up all right so well then i'm gonna double myself back to back then because no one's done it yet then i'm gonna follow the rock up with independence day I there it is <laughs> all right. do that one like the I big one like like if that's like the perfect double feature like if you watch them both back to back like i've seen every action movie ever now and like they're both amazing or at least mm-hmm. They're still good enough. They're still solid as hell. They were amazing at the time. Now, granted, mm-hmm. like I got a little older, but taste changed. But I still think they hold up. And I'll say this: this is my number one thing that stuck with me from Independence Day. Not the speech, not the one that uh, Bill gives on the on the runway, but when he talks to the alien. And I've always said, to the, they're like, "All right, alien, what is it you want humanity to do?" And it just goes, <laughs> "Die!" And like that always <laughs> stuck with me. Like I'm like, "Yep, that's a solid." So I just feel like, but it was so huge. It was like, yo, know, one of those late 90s, like blockbuster things. Like, again, that I think the Trinity would be those two plus Mission Possible, maybe something mm-hmm. like that, right? They're yeah. like, yeah, that was the like entire summer of that year. So I'm just saying, like, and it, it still kind of holds up, like, more or less. And I'm, <laughs> I have to give it credit for that. So that's my double action bill, my, uh, you know, double feature, if you will, for in that vein. I gotta say, like, Independence Day and The Rock, too but probably independently, even a little bit more, I could just watch anytime it's on. And yeah, like, it's not like, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like the best movie in the world or anything, but it's like so watchable and just like, you watch them blow the up the white house. You watch a scene I just said, and you watch a couple of, you watched uh, Will Smith <laughs> fight a thing and that's you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Will Smith, uh, this is the, like the beginning, like bad boys is the year before. And this yeah. is the other side of it. This is the PG 13 Will Smith myth maker, basically yeah, that yeah. makes his career. Too. Yeah. never went back. Uh, I mean, go back to Wicked Wicked Wild Wild West, you know, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, it's, 
it's not my favorite movie. I wouldn't have picked it. It's a good, it's good. It's, it's a perfect blockbuster of that period. And mm-hmm. I won't give my, one of the reasons I, I don't think I could have named it, but I'm going to pair it with one movie. I'm going to, I'm going to steal a movie that no one's going to name anyway. And say that when I saw this movie on July 4th or July 4th weekend, that week, that year, as my, my parents are anniversary is July, 4, July 4th. And instead of, I think celebrating that my mom took me to the movies and we saw this and we saw phenomenon as the other we did the double feature and I'm guaranteeing no one has phenomenon on their list. So I'm okay with it. Unless people love <laughs> John Travolta does this, um, you know, uh, you know, I, I just, I will always remember uh Rich Hill park theater upstairs, theater seven, theater eight, switch around. So yeah. beautiful uh, theater, Lowe's theater. Yeah. Uh, Lowe's Sony, uh, Sony in 500. Um, yeah. Give me there. So, uh, Definitely, uh, I think it's up to me, right, Scott? This I is mean, tough because how do I know, I, man? <laughs> I think it is. I'm not sure. Dan. So I, oh, it's on Dan. Yeah, sorry, Dan. You're up. Good. Oh, that's okay. okay. I just want to say Randy Quaid now has two on this list. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, <laughs> champion. Yeah, champion. just keep him in mind for MVP. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. You know what? It's 1996. Uh, everyone was. I was probably one of the last people hanging on to. Um, my my love of grunge. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going with the documentary Hype. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. That was it's a. I mean, like uh, it's it's candy for me. It's you know it's it's I I I I just love watching those bands. I mean all I mean the famous ones and the less famous ones I didn't know about like you know like Fastbacks or Ted or you get all those other ones and and it was really comprehensive and and um uh uh illuminating about the scene to people who didn't like live in it and there's a lot of really memorable stuff like the woman who gave the interview to the new york times i believe who just made up a bunch of grunge lingo and then they printed (laughs) it in the new york times um the live footage is great i uh the the interviews are great i mean people who like at that point who had developed reputations for being kind of like sour pusses did these like really nice, <laughs> loose, charming interviews. And it was like, Oh, this is just like a, they're just selling them as sour pusses, you know, it's, <clears throat> which is part of what the whole movie's about anyway. But uh, beyond that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun, yeah, I remember easy yeah, I remember watch doc. Nope. It's a good choice. I, I have one doc on my Where list that, that wasn't on it. I mean, it was right below it, but I do enjoy that. But uh, I, I think it's, I mean, Dan knows, uh, uh, I love me some music, so I, I agree the music <laughs> doc for that era and grunge. We know. I thought you were gonna you were gonna steal what I wanted so badly, so I'm very excited. Actually, uh, any any other thoughts on hype? It sounds like you guys haven't seen it, right? No, I, I, thought, ha- I, I saw, saw it movie. once a while ago, yeah, but I remember liking because I was in the grunge as well. So yeah, mm. I just didn't think about it for a while. But that's yeah. all. Sorry, Steve. Good. Same thing. I haven't thought about that movie in forever. I I saw it once. I might not have even seen the whole thing. It was like at a friend's house, like that you know, the next year after it came out. So, um, yeah, that's, that's like a blast from the past. I got to go look that up and watch it, especially with a recommendation like that. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, that's why we bring Dan into the podcast. <laughs> the standard, not standard. That's what he's here for. Is someone not talking about Soundgarden? And <laughs> <laughs> I come to the rescue. Yeah. Like I get yeah, parachute in. Mm. Parachute. Ooh, the savior of every savior of cool is here, everybody. Um, so, all right, hype. I've got my last two picks. Sadly, I have a 15. I'm still on my level one. I thought I'd get down to level three. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually have to decide between two of four movies. All right. I am going to go 
with an obvious one, this is uh, easy. Beavis and Butthead to America is Thank God. the best animated movie uh, eventually <laughs> of lifetime. We're talking theme. We're talking soundtracks. We're talking humor. We're talking hanging. We're talking Vegas. We're talking old people. We're talking <laughs> Demi Moore and Bruce Willis uncredited bad guys. Uh, we're talking everything that you could have. Love Beavis and Butthead. Love, love roller coaster. Love roller coaster. Love. Yeah. I love. What's the, isn't it? Is which one, is it? Roller coaster is the other one. Uh, the LL Cool J. One of them. Their name isn't on it because, like, they basically didn't agree. They the label didn't agree to like let them record it, so they gave them the song on the soundtrack. But I don't think they're listed <laughs> as the artist on the soundtrack or something ridiculous. I want to say it's either Ain't Nobody, awesome. the cover by LL Cool J. Yeah, Ain't Nobody. Or, or or that it also has fly lesbian seagull i mean when you were a fucking 13 year old boy and you're in the song fly lesbian seagull by engelbert humperdinck you'll never forget the name <laughs> where you were uh definitely saw this in theaters definitely had on vhs definitely on dvd definitely seen it many times i'm on the roller coaster of love mike judge thank you um for this and office space right after it um, oh, yeah. and so uh, yeah, Beavis and Butthead. I know you're all nodding ahead. Anyone want uh, have specific comments on Beavis and Butthead traveling, traversing this great nation? Not specific, but it, it was on my honorable. So yeah, I'm glad someone put it on this list because I do think, again, it fits in the era. Like, it's perfectly there and uh, good choice. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to figure out where to put that one. And I... <laughs> Yeah, I was considering. I'm glad somebody said it because I don't know if I would have, but I'm glad it's on the list. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel too. I also was considering grouping it with like Brain Candy and Mystery mm. Science Theater 3000, the movie, as just like a general. Well, we're in the fifth round, so if you weren't ready to pair, this is the time. If you're really going to do Go Dan, you can go Dan next. So no, I'm not doing. I'm not doing but, it. But all right, and we've got I watched. I did watch Beavis and Butthead to America eight days ago. Well, nice. I'm a, so <laughs> nice. fresh in my mind. <laughs> is that for Frankie? Yeah, it's the day before his birthday. The, the day before he was born, we watched Beavis and Butthead do America. And then my, Amanda went to labor. And so now it's like a, re, a yearly anniversary thing. So it so, really holds up. I'm not kidding. It's so funny. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm awesome. with you. Let's all live a little Beavis and Butthead life and get out there and uh, do America, as they say. <laughs> just do America. I, just do, do America. Just do, I mean, the name of the movie is Do America. I'm I just doing America the whole time, man. Times. I, I'm so torn here. I'm going to go with uh, the cool kids pick, I think, over the big time pick. And I'm going to say Lone Star. Um, oh, yeah. I love awesome. John Sales. I love Lone Star. This is before Mc- like this. Is, there's another McConaughey movie this year that's right on my list as well. <laughs> I love another courtroom drama that I love that I will get an honorable mention if no one else does. Um, <laughs> but this is like a beginning of the McConaissance after, you know, you have Days Confused and that's a hot, hot like comedy. Yeah. But um, Lone Star is this uh, kind of flash, flashback, flash forward. I believe I've seen. Um, kind of think of it. John yeah, Sayles' yeah. uh, mystery of like a Texas town, like um, the cops, and there's like a murder, um, and it's like a border town noir murder story. And this is like John Sayles' height of power. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a huge fan of some of his later work. He's always inventive and creative. He's always a man of his own, and he is Mister Independent. So um, for the year of like many great independent films and Miramaxing it up and uh, I'm going to say John Sayles' uh, Lone Star as my final pick in the 1996 nice. draft. Well uh, done. So, so uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? But it's I, I, ha- I haven't seen it, so I can't Great. say much. But I think I, I saw it, it once. Yeah, like if I don't, I don't remember it as well. I didn't see it at the time, but I may have seen it years later. I'm like, ah, oh, it's pretty good, but maybe I should go back and watch it based on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Chris- such a good noir. Yeah, Dan. Yeah. 
Chris Cooper's the lead guy. Chris yeah. Christopherson's the villain, and he's he's really scary. Like, really good. Nice. Sounds good bad. cast. And his, yeah, I mean, it's a real good movie. Yeah, it's very early. It's like Chris Cooper also beginning his, like, I'm always going to be the the angry father or creepy guy looking person in every movie for right, the next right. 15 years. So um, definitely my personal favorite. Dan, you're up. Yeah, I am up. Uh, I will, uh, I think I'm going to go with, you know what? I mean, it's, it's my, I, I'm going to say my second, <laughs> I'm going to second, my second least favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but that still makes it very high up there. So I'm going with hard eight. Hard eight time. Yeah. Yep. All right. right I, I knew you had to represent Dan is a, is a, is a PTA. Uh, yep. right. uh, hard. And I rewatched it this week. So give, give us, a, give us the rundown, Dan, for people who have not actually hard eight is the debut of Paul Thomas Anderson, the filmmaker. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's a movie about John C. Riley and Philip Baker Hall. And Philip Baker Hall is kind of this father figure, kind of like the surrogate father to John C. Riley, who's kind of down on his luck when he meets Philip Baker Hall. And he's like this kind of professional gambler guy with like a mysterious past. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in the movie. And, uh, and she, she's, a, uh, I believe, a cocktail waitress. And uh, Samuel Jackson shows up. And uh, it's just, oh, and, and, and in one, maybe one of my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson scenes, Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up. For three minutes, yeah, that's right, and it's <laughs> the greatest three minutes of um of, of your life. At least it feels that way. <laughs> it is, it's just like it would be in the casino. I I I watched this again this week to like decide if it was gonna, how high I'd be on mine. I wasn't as huge on it uh, as I remembered, and I think there's some lulls there weren't my favorite. Yeah. But, I, but that PSH, I mean. I wanted to stick something. Uh, you know, if there's no other really Philip Seymour Hoffman movies this year, honestly, I, I, you watch him and you're just like, I need to go watch every Philip Seymour Hoffman movie in a row after this, this scene. So uh, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's like I mean, finding out that he had that so early in his career, it's like this kind of weird skeleton key to like the rest of his career, like this weird ability where he's just he's playing characters that you like feel incredibly real and like obnoxious people you've encountered, and he imbues them with like so much in such a quick period of time. And uh, that's like a, I mean, like this, this movie, I have to, I have to pick it because I need that scene in my life. If I'm, you know, yeah. the desert Island that, and it has the desert a, Island scene. Yeah. It has um, the beginnings of his, of his repertory, you know, like, yeah. you know, so it has the boogie nights, people that come back. It has the Magnolia people that come back later on. He kind of shifts his repertoire, but that early portion, tri, you know, trio, it all starts here with the Philip Seymour Hoffman, John C. Riley kind of interplay. You know, they don't have an interplay, but like they're in the same movie and they're in the same airspace. And yeah. Philip Baker Hall as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think Samuel Jackson ever pops up. He ends up going the Tarantino route, but uh, yeah. definitely. It's a cool movie and it has all the fingerprints of his filmmaking. The movie doesn't have the budget and some of the time. I think it ends very curtly uh, in a weird yeah. way personally. And that's kind of like ruined it for me. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's I love gambling. I love craps and or I love gambling, but I, I did love gambling <laughs> and I love craps. And it is uh, it is such a good like dirty '90s Vegas like trash movie too in that that move. So a diner movie too. Top di- a really at least three good diner scenes. In yeah, as well, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, it's got that thing where it's like their characters first time through. You're like, I got to go back and watch this again, try and figure out this character a little more. I feel like that's like kind of the thing with his movies. Like, The Master is the ultimate of that. But like, this was like one of those ones where like I need to watch Philip Baker Hall do all this again. It doesn't explain much either. Even the whole movie, it really just kind of flows. And uh, I, I noticed that in Fargo, like you don't, you don't ever, uh, you know, go back to the beginning. You don't 
really know what got Jerry Lundegar into all this trouble. He just owes money. They never yeah. say it. They're just like, that how much money it, yes. does he even oh, yeah. owe? Like, it just keeps saying it's like, he can't, like not even $900,000 is enough at the end. You're just like, so what did he do? Like, is he a gambler? Is he a drug addict? Is he like being, that's what you don't know, be. honestly. And that's, well, it's, it's good, but it's also like they decided, you know what? We don't have to waste all of our time on building the story of something that everyone knows, like everyone can get into trouble. And this, the heartache does do it. And has a reveal of that, but it doesn't like throw it in your face the entire movie that there's like this kind of backstory. Uh, it just kind of lets it expose itself. And for that, you could see the PTA's writing is already uh, on point when it comes to that. So, sure, absolutely. Um, so good choice, Dan. And good, good, you've done a good representation of yourself, just like everybody else <laughs> I'm sure feels like they have. So, Scott, you get your final pick here. Close okay. it off the, 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 fi- the five here. This one's tough because, you know, like you, like the big obvious one that I kind of can't believe no one said yet, but yet I can. Or one that I think is a super underappreciated film that I've come to love a lot. So I think I might go pretentious route and do that. And I'm going to go with two days in the valley. Alley. <laughs> never oh. fucking seen this movie. Like I implore you to go out and check it out. Fucking David Spade, Danny Aieo are in it. And they're like sort of like weird, like hitmen who like team up, but then noir stuff happens too. But it's also kind of funny. Like it's awesome. Charlize Theron is in it like, early. As well, but yeah, like very, oh, no. but I still think it's a really underappreciated, like kind of the same thing as heartache. Like, that's like a dirty Vegas movie, right? There's like a dirty, like California yeah, crime movie or something like that. Yeah. Right. So like, I think it's shot really well and it has a pretty good soundtrack as well. If we're going to mention that. So yeah, I, I've always loved it. And I've always tried to like, I feel like not many people have seen it or like aware of it. And I'm like, it's a great movie. I trust me, like check it out. So that's going to be my final one. And I guess maybe I'll ship, maybe if we're moving on to honor or something like, no, I'll yeah, we're one. only one away from honorable mention. Right. So let's Steve finishes mm-hmm. and then we will, you'll right. get, I've got a good, I've we'll got do. a good five to 10 that we can do quick call outs <laughs> and not, you know, yeah, not we'll overdo it, but I don't want you to steal anyone's, That's I don't fair. want any uh, stealing no matter what. <laughs> it's, between, no stealing. Uh, it's between two so, days and something else. So I'm sticking with two, two days, days in the Valley also on theaters and it's crazy because you're 13 and she, and this is a nudity movie. Yeah. I mean, James Peter <laughs> loved doing, well, I didn't see it in theaters, but it is good. That's also tells you a lot about my parents, but whatever uh love <laughs> this is also a straight miramax type movie i don't know if it was yeah. grammar seat or polygram or fine line or whatever one of yeah, these it's theater, so obvious know. in retrospect yeah yeah these movies Pulse, are right after pulp fiction like this was in the kind mm-hmm. of yeah the churn of that the churn of the yeah like the, yeah. the five letters of story so yeah. uh you know i had it on my you know lower list of like uh memorable noirish films and and perfectly of the time uh, uh you know but uh any other thoughts on that steve before you get your last pick in uh no no all right I, you know I'm, I'm uh i was i was actually i was thinking like do i want to put another noir movie in this list and i don't think i'm going to because the movie that i so it's between like three films for my last one and the one i'm going to pick is the one that I remember the best. Okay. The other two I haven't seen in like a very long time and I don't want to uh, misrepresent them or something. I just have like, you know, memories a of certain them, nostalgia yeah, for the other forming. One. But the one I'm going to pick is Swingers. Swingers. And <laughs> this was like the, you know, it came out before we were in college, but this was like the college comedy. That it certainly all, was. Like, so yeah, Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. watched. So Vegas. baby. Yeah. <laughs> So like, yeah, it's super quotable, super, you know, like just a, an, an oh. awkward comedy, but I, I still have fun memories of it. And we watched this fairly recently for the Lost Signals. It was a while ago. It was less recent than you think, but we I guess did, maybe it was like four we years did review ago, it but... <laughs> a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, man, it still holds up. I think, and it's still like a pretty good experience watching. And I still like laugh at the jokes, and I still like, you know, uh, try to quote along with the with the movie when I can't, like in my at least in my head if I'm not uh, annoying anybody else in the room or whatever. But like, um, Vince Vaughn, freaking uh, uh, John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Forgot John Favreau, John Favreau's name for a minute there. Uh, John Favreau and like just a fun like movie to especially when we were you know in in those college days like it was fun around with your friends get drunk mm-hmm. or, or whatever and watch this movie and and hang out and uh yeah man uh that's that's gonna round out my list that's a vhs special and that's also the perfect counterpoint i would say to heart eight uh when you want to like they may not have like one either in vegas but they're doing the same thing where they're trying to like game the system get free hotel rooms you know and everything else but they're yeah. doing it with a smile and this is a another uh, and that's why i think this even though these movies this whole year this is my, my thought isn't maybe the best set of movies the way i was looking through it some of the turns like this uh, vince vaughn was pivotal as well after this year but before this year he's nothing this movie yeah, is a star maker you got will smith being a star maker you've got paul thomas anderson so uh anyone else on questions i, I mean comments on swingers because i have a lot of theories and theses that i want to go into on the honorable mention and you know <laughs> a few movies too but uh oh, i don't want to jump on swingers because it's a great choice i watched it recently and every time it's on it's awesome so uh good choice steve it's uh, yeah. i mean it's it like you remember it is kind of like a pretty like light movie but that like phone message sequence is brutal, oh, brutal. yeah when you said awkward that's the most best mm-hmm. awkward scene ever, that's the one everyone possibly. thinks of but no i i'll say this steve oh i like it to, to cap off for you i had dropped it down the honorable because when we did the review we were like it's just you loved it in college yes but it doesn't the cracks in it i think a little show a little bit more at least in retrospect, when we did it. So that's why I had it out of my top completely, but I'm okay with it sneaking in the the actual top via you, we'll say. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, so, you know, overall, I mean, there's, I think we all, I thought we'd have to go so much deeper on my list. I'm very, you know... I, I didn't want to go too much on the top list. It's crazy. I, I thought someone would name Ransom, which is one of my personal favorite movies. And I was debating is, it, but it's in my honor. And it's That's my guilty top, pleasure. It's crazy. It's in the top 10. Oh, let's do the, yeah, let's do the guilty pleasures then, actually. You know what? I did name we could do it. Dan, if you, you know, let Dan, Dan said that one. So I'll let him start with it if you want, Dan, and give it. With Ransom? Ransom, yeah. I ahead. mean, it's really only guilty pleasure I haven't seen in a long time. And I mean, it's, I don't like to get into the biographical stuff exactly, but like it's a little harder to watch Bill Gibson movies these days. Sure. But um, at the time, it was like, I mean, it's like a really, like, it's gripping. It's like, a, I mean, like, you know, Mel Gibson's always like kind of looking for an excuse to kind of suffer in his movies. So he picks like a, something like, my kid has held hostage and I could just boil with anger for two Give hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the fucking meme. It became a meme. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It became, I remember it to this day. I mean, like, yeah, Rene Russo's in there again, Delroy Lindo again, and Gary Sinise is a really uh, good, I don't want to give it away. Oh, yeah, we can give it yeah, away, right? I, 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 20, 25 he, years, guy, guy. Yeah. just let everyone know it's been 25 years. So yeah. <laughs> we didn't Lily, go super spoilers, but... It's like Lily, Ta- Lily Taylor, Liev Schreiber. There's like a, it's like a deep cast, like stacked with like really good 90s actors. And um, as, as far as like just the thriller goes, it works. It, you know, it's, it's compelling all the way through. That's my guilty pleasure. It's possibly the best movie Ron <laughs> Howard directed. And I know he's popular for like Apollo 13 and other, you know, uh, Cinderella, you know, other yeah. Ru- Russell Crowe movies. But, uh, you know, <laughs> secret story for me always will be is that Ransom was filmed by the movie theater that I saw the movie in. Like literally you're sitting in the theater mm. and the sign to get off 
like one exit before in Paramus by the Paramus movie theater. <laughs> it's in the sign when he's like driving to go. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. like you, not only is it like triple time, but like that's like nostalgia on top of nostalgia on top of nostalgia. <laughs> sure. uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Ransom. And it, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's a top 10 grossing movie of the year. So I don't know how it could, I guess it's a guilty pleasure, but it's it is. Goal, a huge... like, it make, to me, that makes perfect sense. Of course it is. Like, right. Yeah, give me know, back like, my son. Everyone those <laughs> $350 million dollars now? I like it just wouldn't. Like that's just like a crazy like to say like this made two three hundred nine million dollars in one year. I yes. totally Ransom, believe it, man. So, like I, I, I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So anyone else? Uh, Scott, how about a guilty? You have a guilty pleasure? Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, this is my top one, and we reviewed it too. I made everyone review it. It's Escape from LA. I love my John <laughs> shit. And like it's not as good as New York, but like it has some parts that I really, really like that stuck with me, specifically the ending, specifically a couple other scenes too, but I've always loved it, and I will always. If that comes on, like if HBO or Cinemax or whoever is fucking showing it, I'll just leave it on in the background because I do enjoy me the Escape from LA, even <laughs> though it's like it's not that great, but it's definitely watchable. It's entertaining at least. Got to talk about the basketball scene. Yeah, I mean, like that's one of the <laughs> things. Um, yeah. Think, right, since it's twenty-five years, like you said, no spoilers. At the very end, when he shuts down, like "Welcome to the Human Race," and he fucking smokes a cigarette <laughs> while the satellites are shutting everything down, and the music's awesome because it's Carpenter. So mm-hmm. That is my enthusiastic guilty pleasure from '96. Love Escape from LA. I'll always give it credit. Yeah, Devo, do you have a guilty pleasure you'd like? To uh, share? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I almost said like Independence Day as my guilty pleasure, but I don't know if that really fits. But uh, Biodome. <laughs> Come on, man. on my like, list. Every, there. Everybody loved Pauly Shore in Biodome. 1996, man. <laughs> and uh, what's yeah. changed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like Biodome because of the uh, the one actress in it. That's about it. Like Kylie Minogue. I'm, yeah, the, I don't was that her? She's, she's in there. Yeah, yeah. So I think top, Joy Lauren I, I don't, I don't really, like. I don't remember. Joey it's a top three Stephen Baldwin performance. I'm gonna put Baldwin. Yeah. Oh my god! Stephen and then he became the usual suspects. Like, that's, like that's, that, that's what I'm head. saying, man. Like this movie is not good at all, but mm-hmm. it was like I thoroughly enjoyed that and like Encino Man back in the day. You know, like. <laughs> Or even uh, what was the freaking jury duty? Jury <laughs> duty, son in law in the army now. Yep, yep, yeah, that's I'm right. Around. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. I'm trying, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like schlock movies here that I don't know if, you know, I know we're running up on, on the edge of it. I had a lot of fun to do otherwise, but how about, how about daylight? How about a Sylvester Stallone? Uh, you know, I'm in a tunnel movie, All right, it's so uh, you know, like uh, it's like, it, but in comparison, this was not one of the big hits of the year, but it's still like a very, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's I'll, in I'll, that vein. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of movies in that vein because, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I set up a whole list here, and I'll just have to say there's so many movies. There's, there's multiple movies with monkeys this year. There are multiple. <laughs> there are at least five movies co- co-starring Damon Wayans this year that are like he's a buddy in robbing Celtics Stadium or with Adam Sandler or he's in Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. We, um, uh, yeah, I have to get that one a shout out. I like so, that. You know, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure. I almost put that on my top five. <laughs> right. No, and I'm just saying like it's just a weird year where like – People made these like like I looked up Whoopi Goldberg made six movies this year. Okay, Jesus. like he she was in Eddie where she's the coach I think of the Knicks and she's then coach the Knicks. Like yeah, there's like another movie where she's a reporter, but she's always wearing a suit in all these movies. And you're just like, I forgot Whoopi Goldberg was like a big star, like it was made huge, in America. Yeah. You know, uh, it just it's just hilarious. So um, yeah. I feel like one of my like speaking of the monkey movies that were in, I feel like my brother's like best friend when he was that age. 
uh, rented out his mom rented out like an entire theater to watch Dunstan checks in. Dunstan checks in. <laughs> so that's where I saw that movie in like the Danellan oh. theater down the street from us. We had the entire place to ourselves. Like, <laughs> kids running around Sounds like a party, man. We yeah. don't want any distractions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sacred space. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> have Dunstan checks in. <laughs> It is. And, and the other movie, if you're not remembering, is Matt LeBlanc and another monkey playing baseball in Ed. So yeah. if you want to get That's technical, right. you, you know, they're always good when there's a, an, an, another animal involved. At least Baby's Day Out's not there. So um, There's a cow in Twister. Mm. <laughs> it's somewhere on my list. I think I might have had it low and guilty or something like that. But yeah, yeah, Twister's in the top grossings for sure. You got Twister. Uh, we've got that's a guilty one for me. Uh, yeah. Jer- I mean, we didn't call Jerry Maguire. The other half of the tandem is still. I don't know. It's guilty. It's just a good movie. So I mean, maybe okay. Eraser. I'm not I had a halfway. Eraser halfway. Yeah. Uh, eraser. Yeah. Eraser has a crocodile. While we're naming animals, naming animals. See, Dan, Dan is the fount <laughs> of animal information. Everybody. I, I think there's yeah. a big one. Hold on. I think I. Where got else one. can you get this kind of stuff? Well, you just said <laughs> Sandler. Someone 101 Dalmatian has 101 Dalmatians. At least. That's right. That's right. <laughs> 102, I think, because there's the mom. No, no. Isn't that the <laughs> sequel? <laughs> the sequel, yeah. Could be right. I don't know. That was, I didn't yeah, see him. Right. Sorry, I didn't need to make a correction I wasn't even sure about. <laughs> no, you're, you're all good. Uh, so let's do, I'm going to do a, f- a few more of my Hold on, hold on can, a second, Joe. Yeah, yeah, we're done. I think, uh, Scott's trying to jump in. Well, Sorry, I got Scott, one right, thing. Please. Rattle stuff off, but you mentioned Adam Sandler, mentioned comedies. I can't believe no one got to Happy Gilmore during the thing, mm. especially when it said like, Tin Cup. I thought it was like the other point. I knew Dan wouldn't get to it. That's but, what, you know. and that was what I was debating with <laughs> for my last choice. I'm like, no one said it yet. Like it's such, I think a lot of a big nostalgia factor uh, for me at least. Now, is it one of the best movies of '96? I don't know, but it is hugely like <laughs> yeah. I remember it, and I quote it still, like here and there, like to this might have thought so at the time, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, within that comedy era, whatever. So. Anyway, I just wanted to slip that one in there. I mean, I, I'm sure that I was the one I was surprised that I didn't see. Like, I guess the, the, to me, the honorable mention I'm going to name here, either me or one I'm surprised weren't there. So I'll say Bottle Rocket for the Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I was going to say Bottle Rocket, but it. I couldn't remember like everything yeah. that happens in that movie. I just haven't seen it in fucking 12 years. It's so good. Like, it's so Owen Wilson. I have it on my beginning of the Wilsons too and Wes Anderson this year. So, I mean, like, yeah. obviously Steve Buscemi, who yeah. I met that this year in Teaneck Theater, introducing his own film trees lounge which he directed <laughs> which is a weird new jersey creepy movie i watched part of it with him and uh, seducing chloe chloe Sevanier from an ice cream truck nice. um, it definitely <laughs> is a unique movie um this is also the beginning of the um the edward norton uh peak, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is primal fear and uh people versus larry flint which i had I people versus larry night. flint like low yeah. on my list yeah so i mean la- i watched that last night and between that and of courtney love is great in it uh and and uh woody harrelson showing that other really dramatic side that we get you know now he just like, goes back and forth and no one cares he gets to do you know <laughs> he doesn't he's not woody you know he was <laughs> he became a like an actor woody so yeah. um and i said on the other side of my uh mcconaughey uh i love a time to kill i can't <laughs> believe it's two and a half hours long it's I know solid it's such a good courtroom drama and i mean this is great mcconaughey you know like there's bad schlock mcconaughey that came up later this was like he was so into it it's it's basically ransom as a as a lawyer you know it's like (laughs) not screaming but it's like southern charm it's got that you know grisham movies you had to make grisham movies back then exactly and uh you know really important and the last one i i have here i said i didn't say primal fear but or maybe i did with edward norton and the last one is um 
documentaries when we were kings which is one of my favorite or first documentaries i remember seeing and i know we got hype on the call out i wanted to get <laughs> things in there i almost did it at the end but i went lone star and went with my heart but when <laughs> did win the documentary uh, best academy award and for surely uh, deserved it and kind of gave me the, the insight of those political you know uh sports history things so i really really love that so um dan you got any uh any more uh honorable mentions you want to shout out Honorable mentions. Uh, well, I guess uh, I would. Say, has anyone seen Freeway? I was going to say yeah. Freeway. Yeah, yep. I don't uh, remember early, early Reese, not... Reese Witherspoon, crazy Kiefer. It's a real, re- it's a real weird one. It's Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland, and it's like the story of Red Riding Hood, only in like modern times. It's kind of, but it's kind of like a like kind of trashy thriller movie. Sounds cool. Yeah, it was actually pretty cool. Surprisingly, like kind of funny dark comedy. Uh, I would say beyond that. I mean, if this was '96, I probably would have said like. Right, hyper movies yeah. I love back then, but I've had to see them in a long time. Mars Attacks felt like maybe it deserved a shout out because that was a movie yes. that was like, thank you. People, people, yeah, it was like kind of people were a little surprised and taken aback by its sense of humor and didn't really like go for it that much. And I feel like over the years, its reputation has improved and rightfully so. I think it's a really funny movie. It's cool classic. It's one of the ones I had saw in theaters. One of the best things I saw at the time. That was like where I put it in my list. But yeah, I'm glad uh, someone slipped it in there because it's, it's, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I would say, like, I think uh, it's uh, probably worth someone should mention the craft on here. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, had that <laughs> I thought that you might have it, Steve-O, yeah. I mean, it's worth talking about it, at the very least. It's, you know, it's, it, nothing kind of takes you back, yeah. like seeing a picture yeah. from that movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's one I was going to say, I, I, you know, yeah, go, I'm not, I'm not going to steal some more, so go ahead, Steve. I got, I got, you know, keep going on this forever. I've been looking at this list for like six months, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go ahead. Well, as far as like honorables go, uh, the one that I didn't mention earlier that I wanted to put on my list was Bound. Yes, Uh, that's a great one. And like a really good movie, the Wachowskis first movie and uh, just really good. I was just like trying to think of like, can I think of the plot of this movie right now? Like off the top of my head, I haven't seen it in probably 14 years or something, you know. (laughs) I tried yeah. watching it last week. Say, it was very, it was very slow '90s. Like it was 40 minutes in, and like almost nothing had happened except for like production <laughs> scenes and her yeah. cleaning out a toilet. But um, it was still interesting. Yeah, but that was uh, a big no, one. good call. I'm glad you got uh, the other one. I wanted to shout out. Well, I was gonna say the craft, but good call on that. And Mars Attacks, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cannibal the musical. Yeah. Uh, you know, Matt, Trey, Trey Parker's like college student film or whatever the hell it was. Uh, that I saw that one like years later, and I, I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I was like, "Oh, it makes sense. It's the guy from South Park." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was a that was a really interesting film, uh, especially the first time you see it, and like you know, just these musical about people turning to cannibalism and eating each other. Um, <laughs> Scott, you already mentioned uh, Escape from L.A. I, I got like, one more, yeah, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead when you're ready. And then uh, the last one I got on here is Space Jam. Space just, Jam. Like, <laughs> it was such like not that I love Space I Jam. I never loved anything, it, but it was just such a like huge phenomenon at the time. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. That's my mentions. All right, uh, if you don't mind, I got one more. Maybe and I'll leave the last word to you, Joan, okay. or, and or Dan. But I've. Uh, it's not a good movie, but it may be very quintessentially 96. And I think it, I guess it was in theaters, but I also know it was, it was, it was Tales from the Crypt for Del O Blood with motherfucking yes. Dennis. <laughs> and like, <laughs> terrible, but like, but it's also so entertainingly watchable because it's kind of bad, but like he knows it. And like, 
I, I always want them to remake Tales from the Crypt, like yeah. the actual show. That's but a good idea. I remember seeing Bardell about a number of times. Of course, like Angie, she was like a supermodel. Angie something like super hot redhead. She's like the lead vampire, like whatever. Everhart. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's almost like like a very poor version of like Dust Till Dawn, but like it's still like Dennis Miller just doing his Dennis Miller thing. And I kind <laughs> of, it's, it's, it's both guilty pleasure, but also like I, if you point to a movie like, yes, of course that movie was made in 96. And it's still like, I don't know if it holds up, but I would say it's an interesting artifact from it. And maybe it's an, you could look at it and be like, yeah, okay, I could see why they made it and and how it's so 96 it hurts. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can keep going on this forever. Anyone else have anything else they want to shout out? I mean, you know, this is obviously uh, the memory lane here feels so good and I hope it feels good <laughs> for everyone that's tortured through it 90 minutes or so here and who's going to have to well, edit this at some point. Let's do know. a quick brief shout out to the other, like the other thing, uh, the other side of the coin from happy Gilmore, I guess is black sheep yep. uh, <laughs> movie that came out that year. So just gotta just gotta mention that somewhere in here. Yeah, Chris Farley <laughs> always gets deserved. I mean, you have that. I was gonna mm. say we we skipped over one or two. I didn't hear Basquiat at all, but Basquiat is also a personal favorite. And I never good, saw it. Like a uh, you know a early early Jeffrey Wright. You've got a little Bowie as Andy Warhol. You've got I shot Andy Warhol. So you've got the little Lily I Taylor. You, might, mm. you know yeah, more Lily Taylor. There. Um, Last Man Standing, which I did not know was a remake of Yojimbo until I watched Yojimbo recently. So <laughs> um, you know, pretty know. pretty cool. Sling Blade gets lost over here and i feel I like threw it down low, of, on, yeah, low. Low. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who rewatches sling blade but like it's okay billy, like it's fine. billy bob like again like this why yokum's good enough yeah uh birdcage i don't know if anyone said birdcage but like no one uh, said birdcage no. No. No right. i almost forgot about it no one mentioned favorite. no one mentioned fear fear yep fear. that's fear. kind of a seminal 90s yeah yeah and uh this is a, so these are personal like i don't know if this is considered even came out in theaters late shift came out that year which i think it was a <laughs> HBO movie but the movie about the different like jay Le- the jay leno copycat person doing you know jay leno and versus letterman movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like this was a, a staple of like comedy central the year it came out like get out this was like the only movie they had the rights to i think and <laughs> and of course I you got the MTV like, classic uh joe's apartment as well joe's apartment was i was about to say was in my in my and so i mean yeah that's the mtv i kind of want to rewatch joe's apartment now that you mentioned it like I remember liking well, it. <laughs> do it. So uh, you got that, and there's also a, a bunch of Seagal that we're we're skipping over here. But you have gl- <laughs> you have Glimmer Man, which is Keen oh, Everwayne's meets Seagal, and you have well, sure. you have some uh, early. Um, I think it's Police Story Four came out this year. Yeah, it, it was for the yeah. Jackie Chan yeah. and Black Mask. So you have some early Jackie Chan and Jet Li Ying. Then you have Executive Decision, which I had forgotten Seagal was in it. I always remember the other one, but you have Leguizamo doing Romeo and Juliet and then doing Executive Decision in the same year, <laughs> um, which like I only watched one scene. I just flicked it on and it was like, you know, they, I forgot the, the plane attached to the plane. I'm like, this is this is a movie. Um, mm-hmm. And Spy mm-hmm. Hard. Spy Hard was my other go-to uh, guilty pleasure. I, I do love Mila, Leslie Nielsen, and I can th- I love singing the theme to Spy Hard. So, um, <laughs> you know, the intro it's and good, outro. It's just not so. Naked Gun. You know, it's, it's fine, but it's no, not it's, as top-notch. No, no, it's not top-notch. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate everyone in super indulging this. I hope it was uh, moderately <laughs> enjoyable, and I hope someone enjoyed listening to it. And we, you know, uh, I want to thank uh, the big picture is a podcast I listen to too that I know does drafts like this and is definitely partially inspirational on the draft side. But I want to thank everyone for taking some time and joining me in this uh, deep, deep excavation into nostalgia and into hopefully getting back into the movie theaters this year and and feeling this feeling again maybe or 
watching someone else get someone other 13 year old deal to get this experience and uh next gen netflix isn't the only place to watch a movie so um <laughs> yeah any other thoughts before i close it out boys no man there's a lot of fun good call good topic and uh good guests yeah, yeah, it, yes. it was a blast. Uh, love going down, you know, memory lane. I'll, I love living I'll, in the past, man. When we, <laughs> when we post this, we'll try to get uh, all the all the the lists up, the rounds up into. Yeah, the, I, I I can read it very quickly if you want. I actually have the list here, so I have it: Fargo, Scream, Twelve Monkeys, Romeo and Juliet. That's Steve, and then we have Steve again: Dust Till Dawn, Train Spotting, Big Night for Dan, Myself, Mission Impossible. Then again, Kingpin, Tin Cup. The Rock, Cable Guy, James and the Giant Peach, ID4, Hype, Beavis and Butthead, Do America, Lone Star, Hard Eight, Two Days in the Valley, and Swingers. Now that is a film festival that I would watch. Yeah. So, <laughs> watch um, any of those and you'll be fucking solid. So the, the Lost Signals yeah. 1996 <laughs> Film Festival has uh, has concluded. Good. And so, uh, yeah, for myself, Joe Soria, the, the excited 1996 13-year-old, uh, my uh, good friend Scott Thurlow, Welcome to the human race. What is it you want us to do? Die. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Uh, Steve. You all got your homework to do. Catch all these movies. And Mr. Danny Dan, the Baumer, Kirshenbaum. Thanks for having me. I think we could all take off our No Fear shirts now. This is my Edgar Allan Crow shirt. We don't want to mention okay. the Crow City of Angels too. So I, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so I had to represent just a little bit. There was a sequel list. Hopefully one day I did have the idea for some fuck, Mary kill, but I think we are uh, way past time. So I really thank everyone for joining us and we will see you next time on something. The lost signals. Cheers. Bye. Editing and engineering by Scott Thurla. Music by Christopher Morgan. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates. Or mods?